I just wanted to see the beauty of life again. I wanted to experience things. I wanted to grab life right now and do things right now. Welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast, where we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. Now, everyone listening to this podcast will have had to deal with a few curveballs in their life. It's just part of the game of life. But few of us, thankfully, have to deal with what seems to be our entire world falling apart in an instant. On the 8th of October 2017, today's guest, Leanne Amanda, was in Thailand with her fiancé when he very suddenly lost his life, whilst doing something beautifully ordinary. James Butler was only 28 when he passed away, but by that time he had already touched many people's lives. He had already made an imprint on the world including serving a tour in Afghanistan during his time in the Canadian Armed Forces, and in his incredible work as a life coach, also helping veterans after his retirement from the Armed Forces. And witnessing on social media the shock and outpouring of love for James and for Leanne touched me deeply at that time. And whilst today's episode is about Leanne and her journey through all of that, um, in being about Leanne, it is also about James, and I just wanted to acknowledge that in this introduction. So, whilst today's episode might be heart-wrenching in places, I've already got goosebumps, um, it's also a story of inspiration. And no, no spoilers, but today's guest is already living a life of service and of love. So, a very warm welcome. I'm incredibly grateful, Leanne for you and uh, for coming on the podcast today to share and talk about your journey. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, and wonderful. thank you for honoring James so beautifully in that introduction. Thank you. Thank you. So let's go back. Yeah. Bef before that day, as we've been talking about, of course it has, it has relevant, but um, for some backstory, really, what was life like? before that you know what what were you up to how did you meet James um and yeah what what, what was it how did you end up in Thailand <laughs> yeah so um I had completed my psychology degree a couple of years prior I was um coaching a lot for free um kind of as a volunteer with a with another company um and loving it and after a couple of people had told me that it was my calling and that I should pursue it, I realized they were right. Um, and after my psychology degree, I was working at a cancer clinic for a couple of years. And I worked there to not only put myself through life coaching school for a year, um, but also it served as this amazing reminder for why I wanted to be a coach, seeing people every day um, confronted with mortality and the impermanence of life. Um, and so when I was putting myself through that program, I met James. And um, after I completed the program, uh, we began dating. 
and I had just started my business um, uh, shortly previously before that. Um, and then my business took off and his was already doing really well. And we had an amazing time being coaches together. We moved in together pretty quickly. Um, and then we moved into a big, beautiful house and, um, we were engaged within eight or nine months. And, um, yeah, so that was my, that was my life leading up until that point. I had really created, um, the dream career found, you know, this, this great partner with like a real alignment in what we were doing and what we were creating in the world. Yeah. And, um, how we got to Thailand was, um, he had just signed a new client and I went with him to Thailand to help lead this, uh, intensive in Thailand. And so the morning that the client arrived was actually the morning that James passed. And from, so from the outside, that just looked like an idyllic life that you, you described there. So, so, so beautiful. Um, and okay. So let's, let's get this, let's get this bit, um, explored if you like, because I want to make this conversation about what's happened since, but, um, you know, in your words and it's, and it's brief or concise or however you want to tell it, but what was it that happened that day? And, you know, the, the immediate aftermath of that. Right. Um, so he, he was kind of nervous that morning expecting his client to come. And so, um, he wanted to be in the pool cause he was also a diver in the military. So the water was his happy place. And so we both jumped in the pool. We were in this beautiful house, um, on top of a mountain, uh, and this, you know, this pool all to ourselves, we're overlooking the ocean and the jungle. And he was just so nervous. And, um, I remember wanting to like calm him down and reassure him and, and he was like, no, 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 I just need some space. And he loved um, like practicing uh, like different types of breathing or um, like holding his breath. And um, I couldn't tell at the time what he was doing, but I know that he was playing around with his breath. And at one point, I know he was even like meditating while sitting at the bottom of the pool. Wow. Wow. And um, that was just James. <laughs> and so... Um, I remember looking out at the ocean because I knew he wanted space. And when I turned back, um, after a couple of minutes of it being quiet, um, he was at the bottom of the pool. And at first I couldn't believe it because he was this, um, invincible man. And also the water was his home. And so he couldn't be powerless in his home. That just didn't make sense. But then I realized what had happened and I pulled him out of the water and well, I pulled him up to the surface. And, um, of course I tried to, you know, call his name, tried to revive him, tried to call people to come and help. Finally, people, uh, rushed in and helped me give him CPR. But, um, after I didn't give up for about like 75 minutes of people, whether it was at the house or in the ambulance or at the hospital, giving him CPR, um, and yeah, after that, it was a week of handling the client that had just arrived. I literally had to go tell the client that um, his coach had just passed away. Um, he arrived at the villa 
um, where I had to go back and tell him. And, uh, yeah, so, um, then after that, when I got home, everything was, um, like logistics and cleanup and it was crazy how, how much there was to handle that wasn't emotional, um, that, you know, was like putting things together for like a celebration of life or, um, you know, raising money to bring, bring him home or, you know, like there were so many things and thankfully like so many people helped, but, um, there was so much to do. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really challenging. I'll say like in the first week that I was there in Thailand, handling all of that while being on the other side of the world alone with this fresh new client that was James's and technically not mine, um, who he stuck around for a couple of days and was a complete stranger. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was all of the strange for sure. And, and looking back on that now, do you see what was it? How would you describe what, what was it that just carried you through that? Oof. Um, it's a great question. You know, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. Um, I think I was really set on having it not be for nothing. I wanted it to be for something. I wanted to honor him. And that's what kept me going. Like the week that when I was on my plane ride home, that's when I started writing my book. And that's when I started, I, I just started writing as much as I could about what I learned from him, what we created together, what we learned together. Like what, what was it about this man that needs to be carried forth because he can't leave his own legacy anymore. And that's what carried me through was was knowing that I wanted to do that. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um and yeah, thank you for for talking with me, you know, before we hit the record button. So, um I kind of know where I, where I'd love to take us during this conversation, but um and I know a little bit about where you're at now. Um but I, but what I what I want my listeners to to hear from you really is about the journey of getting where you are now about um okay i guess what has carried you through because um as we we start we had this little bit of a conversation about you know things that happen in our life they don't necessarily have to define us um whilst they're a, they can be a huge part of the experience we, we have here whilst we're here on this planet but um you know, I think I was talking about this in a Facebook post a while ago where I was suggesting that our experiences don't make us who we are. They can remind us who we are, who hmm. we truly are. I'd love for you to share with our listeners what perhaps carried you through that. And the is there like perhaps like a couple of phases to this? You, I know you mentioned about dealing with like the loss. Is the, mm-hmm. like um, maybe you can speak about that. And then was there like this reemergence or rediscovery, however you would describe that. But that, that interim period, those first few months, what did you do really to handle the grief and really to stick around, you know? 
Right. Well, I had to let my clients know that was interesting. Um, and to admit that I was now in this place where like we had this new house, we had all, all of this stuff going on, but then I wasn't going to be working now. Like there were the logistics really impacted even, um, like how I was going to grieve for those, those first few months feeling like I could still, um, like take that time away. And, um, that was actually really hard acknowledging that, um, like I couldn't, I couldn't support anybody else. Cause that actually, I started to notice I really wanted to support other people as a way to not even handle what was going on with me. So like, really as an avoidance strategy rather than being with the yeah, grief. Yeah. And, and, or really just like not so much being with the grief, but needing help. Okay. That was that was so hard because so many other people were so connected with James. There were so many other people that were so that were grieving, and so um, I noticed this tendency to want to like just be over there with them rather than really ask them for what I needed. And asking for what I needed was the constant struggle for the first few months because all that was going through my head was how could anybody possibly want to support me through this? How could anybody know how, how could they even want to know how? Um, and it created, um, a lot of weird tension within me. Like, do I ask, do I not ask? And that's been something for me that's just been, um, a constant theme is like when something gets beyond a certain threshold of hurt, how do you ask for somebody to still stand there with you and hold your hand? Um, and so that was, that was the constant struggle for a few months, like, like asking for a level of support that would seem like, okay, but not much more than that. Um, and so I think that something that I learned from that was, um, how will I seek out or how do I seek out now going forward the, the people that is, are safe for me to practice really asking for the full thing that I need. And, and like just asking for it, like what is the full thing that I need? That's still something that I struggle with. Um, and uh, also, you know, just taking that time to like, <laughs> I tried to like go to the gym and do normal things. And, and um, that was so, I don't even know why I tried to do those normal things. <laughs> that always ended badly, but um, I did hold a photo shoot in the house. I wanted to, have photos of like being reminded of the life that I created before I can create it again. I was really proud of the life we created there um, or we're starting to build there at least. Um, and I held parties like birthday parties and stuff like that um, just to create more happiness before I left. And then I moved out and put everything in storage and that's when I started traveling. And that was kind of the beginning of the next phase Um yeah. Um, so you asked about like the different phases and what they were. Well, yeah. Cause I naturally I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. I mean, but, but also like what next, you know, there was this beautiful video that I saw that you had shared on your business page, um, in Switzerland at the start of this year. So was that, um, part of that traveling or was that, um, did that come that later? Was, that was last summer. Um, so that was like, Ooh, yeah, I don't know. That was like last August, maybe. Um, yeah, when I was in Switzerland, 
um, that was still a part of that traveling portion, like where it was the heavy, I was heavy traveling from February to like August. And so okay. when you, so now yeah. looking back at that time, because you know, here we have, we, we, we're so fortunate. We did have this, this, the, the presence of my, of hindsight, right. To look backwards. So can you see, you know, what was going on for you? What was, cause I, I have this belief that we, we're pretty much always doing what makes sense to us in any moment, even like this fumbling through, we're just, just carry on. We're just doing what makes sense, even though <clears throat> consciously it might not make sense to us. There's just something in us perhaps that nudges us to do things. So looking back, can you see really what was going on for you? In why I chose to travel yeah. and like traveling period. Yeah. Ooh, um, I think that, well, basically every answer I give you in this time duration is either going to be like from a survival mechanism or from the true self. And I think that I chose to travel from both of those places. There was a part of me that was like, there was a total survival mechanism going on. And then there was a part of me that did really know that there was something in there that was the highest self choosing it. Um, but I know for sure that um, it was it was easier to be out of the element, like where we created our life together. It was easier to be away than be there. Um, but the, at the same time, I knew that I just wanted to see the beauty of life again. I wanted to experience things. I wanted to grab life right now and do things right now. Um, like that's something that I've always lived. That's something I, that I lived with James. That's something that I know, like I know that he, when he passed, like so many things in his life were cleaned up. So many relationships were amazing. So many things, so many, um, loose ends were tied because I was there being like, no, like carpe diem, like that's just how I am. And, um, so that, that was a part of it was like my essence, that essence of like acting now was really coming out. But I know that a part of it was like, and I can't be back there. Don't make me go back there right now. Let me get some space. Let me breathe. Um, I think another part of it too was, um, this, this part doesn't really make sense because I could say that I left because I didn't know how to ask for support from people. I didn't know how to be around my people and like handle even the question of being supported the way I wanted to be supported. Um, but that put me in a tough spot because wherever I traveled, obviously I wasn't going to get support either. So I think it was just like kind of me doing it on my own mostly um, me not having to be in a place where people know what's going on really and, and asking and like being there for me. Traveling alone was a way for me to um, like if somebody found out, okay, cool, but they don't already know me so they don't have to. Um, and it was like while there was this amazing essence piece that chose to travel, the like lone wolf survival mechanism totally got to thrive as well. I wonder if um, if there was a time because I, I've noticed this with clients as well, where we talk about um, perhaps in relationship breakups and whatever. So clearly, nothing quite as um, horrendous, if you like. Um, but um, yeah, I wonder if there was a point where you noticed you had started to feel differently. Mm. I 
like with progress with grief do you mean i guess i my, my question is a little bit even more general than that just about life so i will share with you right i noticed so a couple of years ago um I went through a relationship breakup, which at the time I found incredibly painful. And then um, I just noticed I had I had some wonderful support then, but I just noticed one morning, actually sitting here at this computer, and uh, I had this moment of ah, oh, I feel different. Hmm. I just I just noticed that I was feeling different, and I probably had been feeling different for a while. And you know, I've I've helped other people through similar kind of relationship issues. And like all I've got really to offer them, um, apart from my love and presence to them, is that I know that things change. I know that how we feel uh, changes and how the, the situation looks changes. So I wonder, you know, whether you could speak to that, whether, you, whether you've noticed that. Right. I think that um, the nature of grief, having it come in waves, also means that there are so many different waves of new feelings. Um, so there are different phases. I, I started to feel different in different ways at different times and it kind of came in waves just like the grief. Um, I think though, one of the, the main things that hit me that I noticed the most, um, it was like, uh, was, I think about a half a year after his passing and, and I was traveling and um, I was experiencing joy and I noticed that I had guilt about joy. But then I started to question that. I was like, why, why, why do I feel guilty about that? And that led me down this inquiry of um, like this weird notion of, and then I, and then it hit me because I hadn't really had a lot of previous experience with grief. that guilt comes with grief a lot. And, um, when I started looking into that, this, this thing hit me like, oh my God, there are no rules to how I do this. There are no rules to how I grieve, but there are also no rules to how I live either. Like in general, there are no rules. I mean, you know, drive on the right side of the road, but you know, other than things like that, you can kind of do whatever you want. And I think that was a revelation for me because, um, there were like people were either really supportive of me traveling or they were really like inquisitive or kind of cynical about it. Or everybody had something to say about how I chose to grieve. And it just hit me one day, especially as like a people pleaser and a perfectionist. So it was the ultimate release. It was like, wow, I actually can just do like, I can live how I want to live. That was, um, that was the big thing. Like seeing that guilt is something that regularly comes with grief. It was not particular to me and knowing that if I had the courage to actually live the life that I wanted, it might actually free some other people up who are feeling guilty as well in their natural stages of grief. I remember giving a talk, um, somewhere around that time and I was speaking about this, speaking about how I realized how regular guilt is with grief and how I started to create this, this life and experience joy and create new experiences and travel the world. And like people were coming up to me afterwards and saying, you know, my husband died 12 years ago and I still feel guilty about feeling joy or like living life. And I realized like, yeah, I, this is the moment that I feel different. Like this is, this is a distinct shift, especially given my 
like really persistent, like people pleasing and perfectionist stuff. Like, oh man, it was like hit me in the face. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Well, so you've touched on there really about your work. So I'd love to get onto that. Like for you, when did you, um, start re-engage did you ever really leave but when did you start to re-engage and get back to helping others yeah I started coaching again like maybe three or four months after um yeah um I think that um like the very real reality was I don't think I could I could afford to not, but also, um, like I needed a sense of purpose. Mm. I really did. Like I needed to come back to like why I'm here. Um, I needed to remember like what my service is and that, that grounded me in, in who I was that actually helped me. Um, and so I started that, yeah, three or four months after. And I, I continued to coach abroad while I traveled, um, which was really interesting. (laughs) Um, yeah, that posed some great problems. Um, but now I know how to travel basically any country (laughs) and coach from anywhere, including like Guatemala. Um, but yeah, so what does it look like now? Um, now, yeah, I mean, I'm coaching. I've, I've been, um, speaking a little bit at events, um, speaking on podcasts a little bit, I've, I've noticed I've been really gentle with myself in warming back up to full throttle. And now I'm in this weird stage of like, what does full throttle look like for me now? How, how do I want to, um, do this? Have I, and I've been speaking about this for a while. Um, I, mm, I was in the inquiry, especially while traveling, like, how has this changed my coaching practice? How has this transformed or altered me in some way? Pay attention. Pay attention to what this has stirred up in me. And so I've noticed, like, changes have started to just come forth and fall out of my mouth and show up on social media. And I've just sort of been um, taking these transformations as they come and applying them and living them. Um, and now I'm at the place where I need to synthesize all that and go, okay, how, how do I want to do this? Like, how do I actually want to see this with some elevation looking down now? Like, what happened? Who did I become? Like, who am I becoming now? And um, so that, that's kind of like the reemergence that you were talking about. Um, yeah, I think um, it's so – I'm having a really interesting time um, – coming back to that full, like, like that passion that I used to have where I could like coach every hour of the day and be lit up. And, um, now I'm like, okay, great. Well, that's who I was. That's amazing. Is that who I am now? And like, how are these women different? And, um, maybe it'll be the same. Maybe it won't, but now I know there are no rules. (laughs) and i was really curious about that i was actually going to ask you like how has this experience impacted you do you think as a coach what has it given you Uh, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like that's still unfolding for you and you're exploring that Mm. i think i think that um it'll be really key for me to always be in the inquiry of that um and 
Yeah, I would say it's definitely still unfolding. And um, I thought, I'll be honest, I thought that I would have gotten back up to full speed after a year and just like, you know, really present to what this has taught me and going full force in like serving the world with taking that and just giving, like giving it away, what I've learned from what I've been going through. And, you know, this is all part of the main thing I'm learning, which is like, okay, it's taking a little longer than a year. It's, it's almost two years now since this happened. Like I'm paying attention. Like, how am I different? What do I need? Like, I think the old Leanne would have just really loved for it to have been a year of like, (laughs) of, you know, not being like high performance uh, and then go. And so even noticing that has been confronting, but also valuable. Um, yeah. Does what, that even answer your question? <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, so I'll note, I'll share that I've noticed from perhaps those the times where I've experienced, you know, emotional trauma, emotional pain has helped me become more compassionate for others. And mm-hmm. um, and another thing you, you've reminded me of there is is that that excitement actually about work which I can, I would imagine there was a time when that simply wasn't there, but then that excitement can reemerge through us. And I get very excited about the people. When I talk to coaches, um, one of the things we'll focus on is not having it be about them so much as a coach, although, you know, it's important that the whole self care piece and the self awareness piece, that's absolutely key. But I find that, um, in the context of that whole thing about, you know, who am I as a coach, how, you know, who am I to be doing this kind of stuff that I encourage people to like what excites them about the person in front of them, you know, because I, I've yet to speak to anybody who has a thriving coaching practice who doesn't have that going on, that they're excited about what's possible for the person in front of them and how, what they can help them with. It's never really about like the coach in that respect and I get a sense that that's at least coming back for you that you're excited about about work again Mm. yeah I think so I think um I mean like these past two weeks definitely this morning I was like why am I an entrepreneur but the Mm. past two weeks it's been amazing like it's it's always going to be an ebb and flow but I think I'm I'm still figuring out how how this process plays into it. Um, I think the other thing to notice on the flip side is like how, like what is the balance between um, having this journey? um, Like what is the real need that needs to be met? Like I still, you know, like have professionals that I get supported by because I acknowledge that I need that. But then also like where's the line in um, making sure that, I'm still coming back and stepping into like fully who I want to be and what excites me about, you know, why I became a coach in the first place, like the people in front of me. Um, so just balancing that, I think anyone going through um, like a traumatic event like that, um, they're probably wondering how do I balance like the very real needs that need to be met still in, in the process of healing while also not letting those dampen like coming back to your to your passion and your service um it's a it's definitely an interesting line to to balance yeah 
Let's get back to that little piece, by the way, because there's some amusing stuff there about traveling and working as a coach. Like, so what did you learn really about that? Because this is something that I play with as well. I, like, I've just got back from two weeks in Greece and everybody says, oh, I hope you had a nice holiday. I'm like, hmm, it wasn't really a holiday. I was, I was still working. I met a client out there and I was still yeah. doing lots of work. I was, you know, sitting in a cafe most mornings with my laptop, watching everybody mm-hmm. else. But I still had a wonderful time. I did the whole walking on the beach and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like, okay, working holiday. But, you know, the one thing I like, there, there's many things that are an opportunity for me to get frustrated, right, about working in Greece, not least of all, like, for God's sake, please, can I have somewhere with reliable internet? Like, that's pretty key. So I'm just curious about what did you learn about working as a digital nomad, so to speak? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Oof. Um, I love it. I learned that I love it. I learned also just make sure that you have like a data plan that works for you. So you're not always depending on Wi-Fi. Depending on Wi-Fi was the most uh, interesting and and ignorant decision I made (laughs) because I was always dependent on finding somewhere with Wi-Fi. And um, eventually, like, I found a way to have an international plan where I could just, you know, like, use data when I needed to because um, there were some places where it just, even though I had Wi-Fi, it was like, I don't know, I don't know, it was just not not the ideal scenario. I, a whole bunch of images just, like, flashed through my mind of all these different countries in which I was, like, using Wi-Fi in all these unsuitable places. <laughs> um, but my clients were all great sports about it. And I learned pretty quickly at least how to find like quiet spots. Um, but yeah, I think um, there, was, there was this one time where uh, I had gone out to this really secluded beach in Guatemala and it had only two hostels. One had no Wi-Fi and one had Wi-Fi. And I had arrived at the one with no Wi-Fi and I like I booked a couple of nights there and um, then they told me that there was no Wi-Fi and I thought they were kidding because how could that be? That's insane. And so then I remember rushing over, finding the other, the other hostel like on the other end of the beach and being like, you have to let me in. And they had no beds left. And I remember like working my way into grabbing the emergency bed and like taking the Wi-Fi to call clients. Um, that, was, that was great. Um, yeah, so I think Wi-Fi is definitely the biggest topic when traveling and like finding a quiet space. Um, and also, if you can't find an alone, like a place where you're alone, that's interesting too. Like, I always tried to find a place where I was alone, but if somebody caught like the tail end or like a minute of a conversation I was in, they were just a passerby or you know whatever. Then I always I knew that. Um, I don't know, like I go pretty deep with my clients. So that was going to be like interesting for the person walking by. But I decided to reframe that. I thought, okay, you know what? If anybody hears like one minute of this conversation and I'm never going to see them again, like I hope they got something from (laughs) this this conversation demonstrated something that they needed. So, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So um, what's going on with you now? Um, And both work-wise and personally, because, you know, I've seen some beautiful pictures that you've shared on on Instagram. Um, And, yeah, I wish people could see now, like, your face is just 
beaming. It's just <laughs> really beautiful. Um, so tell us, yeah, what's going on? Really, like work-wise now, what what does ex- what is exciting you um, that you have going on? But also, mm. um, there's some love. I mean, there's always been love in your life, but specifically, there's some love in your life again now. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so work-wise, um, what's exciting me right now? Um, I am. Like I've just hired a bunch of people to really help me finally put out um, like the amalgamation of everything I've been processing for just over a year and a half. Like like this new change or um, stepping it up and like really um, having, uh, how do I word this? Um, having a space to put all of my full effort and be able to understand um, who I am now and how I want to serve people like that is now actually being worked on with a team. So that's great. Um, and just continuing to coach, honestly, like I am just, I just participated in like this three month, um, uh, thing called the coaching dojo, which I'm going to do regularly because it's like where all these coaches get together and they spar and coach one another (laughs) and help one another refine each other's coaching skills. And, um, so I've been just making sure that I'm constantly inspired by and humbled by what I do. That's, that's the thing that I've been, um, focusing on is like, yes, I'm, I've hired people and we're looking at like, you know, ah, finally I'm going to be able to like serve the, the amount of, and the people that I have been wanting to serve after really like digging my head into this process, but also um, just constantly giving up that I know what coaching is and diving in again and learning more because every time I think I know exactly what coaching is, that's when I need to learn again and um, give up, give up that, that um, idea that I know it. It's just one of those careers that is like this ever changing shape shifter of a, of a demand on, on the human being. And, uh, it requires like this evolving consciousness that constantly frustrates me and inspires me all at once. Um, so that's, that has definitely been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm also trying to finish this book. Like I, I put a pause on this book that I started writing when James passed away. I start, I put a pause on it a couple of months ago. Um, and so that is something that, I'm really excited to now that I'm like kind of coming back to this clarity, like really um, writing what I know it was meant to be about. Um, and personally, so you mentioned <laughs> Greece, you were just in Greece for two weeks. Um, yeah, I last year when I was sailing the Greek islands, um, I met a man on my sailboat. He was a stranger and now uh, he is my partner um so that is amazing and we're in dallas texas now beautiful yeah yeah beautiful you know so i wonder i I would like really like to to uh yeah give you an opportunity to reflect and on this previous two years and i wonder what what are you most proud of Hmm. hmm Oh, that's obvious. That's definitely clear. My willingness to love. Mm. Yeah. It is so, it has been so terrifying to love 
not, you know, not just my partner, but um, all of the people in my life that I love. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to tear up talking about this. Um, I started looking at people in my life differently because I realized how much courage it takes to love them, knowing that death is very real and keeping my heart open every day and loving the people that I love is the most courageous, most vulnerable thing to do. And in the thick of, you know, this grief and this trauma, I kept this commitment to love. Whether it was like, you know, my friends, my family, like, you know, if a man came into my life, like when I was ready, you know, to, to love them wholeheartedly, to not shortchange them on love and be stingy with my heart because that's easier. That's what I'm most proud of. That's so beautiful. That sounds like a wonderful point for us to uh, press the pause button at least for now and maybe we'll, we'll catch up again in a year or two or something and see really how things continue to, to grow and progress. I, I'm, I'm beyond grateful really for you coming on here and um sharing so openly I've, I, as i said i was really moved by um w watching from afar really of what was going on for you so i'm i'm privileged actually that you've taken your time out to come and talk today thank you so much leanne thank you i'm really looking forward to like seeing where i am in a year because i still feel like this i'm so in the thick of the process process and and right now it really is surrendering to that it is the process it's not finished it's not perfect it's not polished and um so i'm excited to see what it looks like in a year yeah, beautiful thank you for having me thank you Wow, what a thoroughly beautiful and moving conversation with a very perfect ending there. Leanne acknowledging her willingness to love despite how terrifying that can seem and the courage it can take to love, knowing that death is very real. I'm also excited for Leanne. Just how wonderful is it for her to now be excited about what might unfold and evolve for her in the coming year? And as always, I'd love to hear from you. How have you been touched by this conversation? What are you taking away from it and how might you use that? Do get in touch and maybe we'll explore together. And I'd like to ask you, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to leave a review on iTunes. I think it's now called Apple Podcasts, actually. It makes a huge difference in helping people like you find this podcast and also have an opportunity to enjoy these conversations. And if you do leave a review, please let me know. I'd love to thank you personally for that. I'd also love to hear from you about where you're at in your coaching practice. What's your biggest challenges right now? Maybe it's something we haven't talked about yet in any of these conversations. What would you like your coaching life to look like? I've been in this profession profession since 2005 with it being my sole vocation since 2011 and I've been working with an incredibly diverse range of clients including teachers and nurses and models, actors, corporate executives, um, business owners, entrepreneurs and through my Thrive program have been helping a select number of coaches build a prosperous coaching practice. 
a common theme in all the feedback I get about my work is I didn't realize how easy it could be and I didn't realize how free I could feel. My work is all about helping people live a free and prosperous life, creating in the world and having fruitful, loving relationships. So if there's something you're currently feeling stuck with or unclear about, or would like to explore having some support in creating your prosperous coaching life, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, I think that's more than enough from me. Thank you once again for listening. I wish you much love and joy.